Hi friends, this week's episode is sponsored by House of Joppa. If you're looking for beautiful Catholic home decor, jewelry, art, rosaries, or other gifts, look no farther than House of Joppa. Each product is curated from artisans throughout the world and is designed to uplift your spirit and share the beauty of our Catholic faith. If you're looking for something for yourself or a special gift for a friend, head over to their website and it'll be in the show notes. My favorite products are their vintage Sacred Heart Medallion, Mini Mary Garden, and the Miraculous Metal Rosary. Abiding Together listeners receive 15% off their purchase at checkout with the discount code ABIDE15. That's one word, ABIDE15. Check out the link to their website in the show notes or head over to houseofjoppa.com. That's houseofjoppa.com. Hi, and welcome to season 10 of the Abiding Together podcast. We are so excited to have you with us this season. Abiding Together is a place where you can find connection, rest, and encouragement on your journey with Jesus Christ. My name is Sister Miriam James Heidland, and every week I am joined by two of my dearest friends, Heather Kim and Michelle Benzinger. We talk about our life with Christ. We talk about big things, small things, beautiful things, sorrowful things. We laugh, we cry, you'll fit right in. (laughs) You are most welcome here, so please, Grab a cup of coffee, settle in, and welcome home. (laughs) Hi, and welcome to this week's episode of the Abiding Together podcast. We are continuing our four-part series. This is part three of our four-part series on the identity as daughter. And um, as you can tell, we are together. Together again, it's been nice to see your beautiful faces. It's so fun. Yeah. This is so much better than Zoom. I know it is. I mean, we try to act like it's fine. Yeah. It's okay. It's not. It's it's not not our true needs. Like, (laughs) this is our true need here. Thank you for voicing on both of you. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm learning. I'm learning. (laughs) I'm learning. Well, and there's no, like, because Spirit Juice is amazing. So there's no, like, oh my gosh, somebody's mic is not on, or the dog is barking next door, or a kid comes in and is like, mom, I need help, Mm -hmm, you know? So. We're not really, it's like we're an interrupted about our time. Wi-Fi connection. Yeah, like our yeah. Wi-Fi is like totally <coughs> functioning and we're not really sure what to do. Wi-Fi. <laughs> our Wi-Fi is totally functioning. Our Wi-Fi. That's how they say it in Texas. Sure? I don't know. Uh, so. <laughs> in the great nation. So this episode we're going to talk about is it's going to be very tender and we're actually going to talk about, we've talked about identity as daughter is delighted in by the Trinity. We've mm-hmm. talked about our core needs as daughters is being seen, known, and loved. And today we're going to have a very just vulnerable and honest and tender discussion on the wounds of being a daughter, mm-hmm. which all of us all of us bear. So we've chosen one scripture passage to guide our four-part series, and for this particular series, it's St. Paul's letter to the Ephesians. So we're just going to continue to offer that to your heart as you continue to pray with it, because it's so lovely, and there's so many treasures in this treasure mm-hmm. chest of so many jewels of beauty. So once again, we'll start off by reading St. Paul's letter to the Ephesians, chapter 3, verses 14 to 21. And he says this, For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, together with all the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. 
Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine, according to his power that it is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. 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 So, my dear friends, we've talked about receiving, we've talked about trust, we've talked about security, we've talked about needs, and today, we're, as we mentioned, we're going to talk about the deeper places. And so we, we speak about uh, the reality of life and the places where love has been interrupted, right, mm-hmm. where trauma has happened, where the connection has been disrupted. And, and these are places that we all have and that have um, every choice as a consequence, right, whether it's ours or somebody else's. Mm-hmm. And it does leave areas of, of sorrow within us. And it's in these places that Christ wants to come in. But I think this is going to be a very powerful and just very honest discussion about um, some of the wounds. That we mm-hmm. bear of daughterhood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Michelle, what is your heart as we kind of dive into this? I think there's two parts. I think there's the emotional wounds that mm-hmm. we each experience, and they're going to be individual to the person and to their story. You know, and I think it's very evident, like that we have to realize that we are at war and that there's something especially about the wounds of women, not to compare them to the wounds of men. Yeah. It's not that. But there's something really special about um, the wounds of women, like even coming with the scripture, I will put enmity between you in and Genesis. the woman. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. in Genesis and between her offspring. Mm-hmm. You know, like there is something like there's a full out attack, an assault, I would yeah. say, on women. And it usually has to do with our heart, you know, mm-hmm. because women are life givers mm-hmm. and women are the heart of the body. They're the heart of the family. They're the heart of their communities. Mm-hmm. We are heart. And I think one of the most dangerous things is when a woman can close her heart off. You know, so as soon as that's, I think we are taught subconsciously and maybe consciously in some areas when we are younger or growing up and whatever, that our hearts are liabilities Mm -hmm. and that especially our sensitive hearts are liabilities Mm -hmm. and that your heart isn't a liability, but it's actually a life source. Amen. And, but I think there's something like, I will shut it down. There's part of me that will shut it down. And I think wherever the wound is in a certain person, it has to go. It totally correlates with the glory that the Lord wants to show through them. Mm-hmm. Like, this is where I'm going to take her out. Mm-hmm. It is going to be this lie. Oh, yeah. It is going to be this thing. Mm-hmm. And it is so tailor-perfect it's to— a, The enemy's a sniper, like we've talked about. Yes, mm-hmm. the it's enemy a is a sniper. Mm-hmm. And I love it because even Edith Stein always talks about, like, each woman has a feminine expression that's just her own yes. also, yeah. a unique expression just her own. Mm-hmm. So there will be this lie, but it'll also be tailor-made or this mm-hmm. attack tailor-made for that person because this person has a unique expression of God's glory, just their own that they want to display. Mm-hmm. So it's really, once again, becoming a student of yourself and saying, all right, where have I been taken out? Mm-hmm. And where have like I... Um, Really identifying it. It's almost like getting a spiritual MRI, mm-hmm. <laughs> like going under a little mm-hmm. thing, saying, where are the areas that I have cancer in myself? Where mm-hmm. are the areas that I have wounds in myself? Mm-hmm. Where are the areas that have happened that need to be healed? Mm-hmm. And to really look at that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so this is good. I think we want to use the disclaimer, like we don't want to be like so wound-focused that we're not mm-hmm. God's glory-focused either. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We want to focus more on God's redemption and restoration mm-hmm. and rescue. Mm-hmm. And I think a really good thing is it is not the story of our struggle— Mm-hmm. It's the story of his rescue. Mm-hmm. That is the bigger story. Mm-hmm. So, Heather, what are your yeah. thoughts? Yeah, it's the journey of becoming who we truly are, yes. who we're made to be. You know, like we all love that quote. It's like, be who you are and you'll set the world on fire. Like, yeah. well, are we really living through the fullness mm-hmm. of who we are. And I, I think that that's the pursuit. That's why we go into the wounds. Like, mm-hmm. that's why we go in there. It's not to go, mm-hmm. oh, my gosh, hear about all the horrible things that happened to me, and I'm a victim, and I'm just mm-hmm. going to stay there in that mm-hmm. place. Although there is a time to acknowledge 
being some hard things yes. happened mm-hmm. to me, yes. and and these parts are mm-hmm. really were really hurt, yeah. and and to just sit there, but to invite Jesus into those places. Mm-hmm. So I always say, like, don't go there alone. Don't go oh, back okay. into yep. the past alone. Like you need yep. to hold the mm-hmm. hands of Jesus yeah. and Mary to go back in there, um, because Jesus is the one who's going to heal it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it it is it is the the journey of becoming fully who we are Mm -hmm. into our glory. And I too believe what you said, like the enemy will attack us Mm -hmm. and where we allow God's redemption and healing to occur, I think is where our best ministry, our greatest loves, our passion, our, you know, impact in the world and making the world a better place. I think it's going to come from Mm -hmm. those places that have been redeemed, Mm -hmm. you know, and Jesus shows us this, like when he returns to Thomas and says, like, put your finger here in my in my side, Thomas, like mm-hmm. he still has the scars there yeah. and it's to show so his yeah. glory. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. to show his glory. And mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, are the <laughs> wounds in my own life like places of glory or are they bandaged up still hiding? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. are they festering? Like mm-hmm. whatever it might be. And to just some of those visuals are important for me. They've mm-hmm. been really important for me to mm-hmm. acknowledge like there's some places here. And mm-hmm. and sometimes we need help. We need someone to come alongside us. I'm not great at doing this stuff alone because I like to just go, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Sure, you know, I can yeah. take care of it or I'm taking care of it or why would I go back in there? Yeah. Um, but to have someone come alongside me and teach me. Mm-hmm. where there might be things there, to, where to press in. Mm-hmm. That's been really, really helpful for me. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How about for you, sister? So true. Yeah. I, I, yeah, really what we're talking about is we're talking about the actual life of Christ. Yes, mm-hmm. amen. Who had wounds and mm-hmm. he had res- he resurrected and he, I, I mean, it's I love Isaiah. You know, he was a man of sorrows acquainted with weakness. Mm-hmm. Like by his stripes, we are healed. Amen. That is so powerful. By his stripes, we are healed. And amen. so it means we can, we often talk about that, like holding things in both hands. It's not one or the other. Mm-hmm. And we go to one extreme or the other usually because we're in our, in our own broken humanity. That's what we do. But Christ is teaching us the way, the Paschal mystery of like, of how do we, you know, how do we tend to the places of our hearts that have been broken, where love has been interrupted, where there have been mental wounds, emotional, spiritual, physical, sexual wounds that we all have. And we can pretend we don't have them, or we can try to become self-reliant, but none of that really works. And it's Christ in his poverty, in his uh, surrendering to the Father's will, and in, in taking in those places and taking on everything we've ever suffered. Mm-hmm. And that's like, that's, you were saying something, Heather, in one of our previous episodes of like that reality of, of Christ with us, like that, mm-hmm. that's true. I mean, is. that is true. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing, I remember my spiritual director told me one time, he's like, Sister Miriam, mm-hmm. Christ has taken on more of your suffering than you can ever imagine. Mm-hmm. He said, when you get to heaven, you will see how much he's actually taken on mm-hmm. on your behalf. Mm-hmm. And that, that wrecked me, just mm-hmm. absolutely wrecked me. And so what we're talking about today, even though it might be a bit uncomfortable f- in certain ways for, for, mm-hmm. for many people and just in our own hearts as well, that we're, we're on a path with Christ who's taken us by the hand through the crucifixion into the resurrection. Mm-hmm. And, that the, and like we've said before, the only way is through. Mm-hmm. There is no other way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. I appreciate the the quotes, um, Michelle, that you were offering us by Henry Nouwen, and this is from his book, The Inner Voice of Love. Yes, and so good, stunning, just stunning, just book. stunning, beautiful, so stunningly beautiful. So as we kind of open this conversation up, I just want to read you for the first, and I, I hope we can get to all three quotes, but we'll have them in the show notes, mm-hmm. will we not? Yeah, yes. they're just so lovely, and I prayed with, especially this first one, I prayed with it so deeply. And so this is Henry Nouwen just offering his heart to us, and I, I just offer it to you as well, and I think you'll find yourself in here somewhere. He says this, he says, you keep listening to those who seem to reject you, but they never speak about you. They speak about their own limitations. They confess their poverty in the face of your needs and desires. 
and they simply ask for your compassion. They do not say that you are bad or ugly or despicable. They only say that you are asking for something they cannot give and that they need to get some distance from you to survive emotionally. The sadness is that you perceive their necessary withdrawal as a rejection of you instead of as a call to return home and to discover your true belovedness there. Dang, mic drop. I know. I know. What came up in your prayer? That's what I'm curious about. You said this one in particular. This one really in particular, just because my, my deepest core wounds are rejection, abandonment, and shame. Mm-hmm. And everything that hurts me deeply has a variation of that theme. Mm-hmm. And like, so when I, things hurt me deeply, I'm okay. Let, I know myself well. I'm like, okay, where, where is this hitting? Like a, a place that's not yet in communion with Christ. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, there's just a couple of situations in my life where I had interactions with people. And I, I, it was so hard not to take it personally. I was trying not to, but for me, it was just saying what they weren't saying this, but what I felt by their behavior, they were saying, you're not worth it mm-hmm. and you're despicable and I don't want to talk to you. Mm-hmm. And it was so like, for me, like that was what my wounds were saying, yes. even though I know these two people very well and they're very wonderful people, but they just have their own particular stories. stories. And so mm-hmm. I had to sit with this for a long time and not to either make agreements and vows out of my hurt, um, but to to see them with compassion and to understand that they're just simply not capable of offering to me what I'm desiring mm-hmm. there. And I have to give them the freedom to be that. And that I don't have to take that person. Like, this is not about, like, I, yes, I have to take responsibility for any behavior that is, mm-hmm. you know, is off. Mm-hmm. But that fact that this is not about me and that Christ in these moments where the pain is so deep of abandonment or rejection, the sting in my heart is so deep that the only place I can go is with Jesus. Say, like, Jesus, can you come speak to me here? Mm-hmm. And like I went back to that over and over and over, and because these are very deep places in my heart, and it's just so profoundly like a, just a gentle balm upon my heart of like okay, it's just like a massaging of like when our muscles are tense, like it just takes a while. And these are, I mean, this has been my whole life, but like this is especially lately. It was just like, whew, my goodness, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. What about for y'all? Yeah, and I, well, I was just gonna say like what I love about um, just what you're saying there, but also just that I know about you mm-hmm. is that you do consistently go there again mm-hmm. and again and again. And and that so defies like the culture that we live in and the the quick fix and the microwave thing oh, and the drive through and all of that stuff that we so we experience on a daily level with like superficial things. But we do live that way with yeah. sort of an expectation that it's like, God, uh, you're sort of the genie in the lamp and I'm going to make my wish or mm-hmm. I'm going to drive through and make my order and then yes. I want you to come through for me. And then yeah. if you don't in the time frame or in the way that I want, mm-hmm. then that means you're not going to come through for me, period, yeah. That, yeah. that now it's up to me. Mm-hmm. And just your surrender to mm-hmm. the process and the journey of continually going back and viewing it more as like, you know, you always say layers, donkey, like the, yeah. the onion, like layers, like yeah. just every layer bringing again to the Lord to say, I, I'm not done yet with yeah. this. I need more of you here. Yeah, and and I find like it, it's impossible for us to um, experience the weight of like these moments and bring it all to God at once. Mm-hmm. Like in His gentleness, yeah. I think it's like He wants it to be a process so that yeah. so that we have time and pace, and in that time and pace that we're bonding with Him intimately, yeah. that we're coming into a deeper communion with Him, like. Mm-hmm. He's not so much about just healing. Mm-hmm. He's about intimacy, right? Like mm-hmm. it's yes. like it's yeah. not just like can you solve the problem? Exactly. Can you figure it's this not out about for fixing. me? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's like mm-hmm. that that does happen like mm-hmm. in the restoration process. Mm-hmm. But the process can just look like a child coming mm-hmm. to their parents saying, mm-hmm. 
can I please have more? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. can you help me here yes. more? And that's, it's so inspiring that part of you that you yeah. keep going back there to mm-hmm. him, to the one who can, mm-hmm. to the one mm-hmm. who can, you know, and, and in your life, you've learned to not go to the other things. Like you, yeah, you did that for mm-hmm. so long and it mm-hmm. didn't work. So the acknowledgement mm-hmm. now of like, no, I know where I need to go with this yeah. and I'm just going to keep going back mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. That's really beautiful. Really, really well, thank beautiful. Thank you, friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That blesses me a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you. He's so yeah. beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> And I think it's important. It's funny, you know, we're big Henry Nowen fans, obviously, mm-hmm, yeah. because we love his books. And I, I think there's such a beautiful vulnerability about Henry oh, Nowen in this writing. Oh, so unnervingly vulnerable. You're like, oh, oh stop. Like, stop. this is like, yes. <laughs> too much. I'm going to close my eyes. I yes. <laughs> yeah. And I really picked up this book, Inner Voice of Love, where, and I've had it for like probably 10 years. Mm-hmm. And then I picked it up just by chance off my bookshelf and I started reading it. I'm like, this was not here 10 years ago. Like, these quotes were not here. Yeah. But it's like one of those ones where you're like, okay. It's yeah. not even like reading Theology of the Body again. I'm going through a deep dive in Theology of the Body. I'm like, this wasn't here when I read it, you yeah. know, when I was this idealistic 22-year-old. And so mm-hmm. before I had kids. But there's something about it that's – when it's, he says that line, the sadness is that you perceive. yes their necessary withdrawal and what I perceive from different people and mm-hmm. what assumptions I have made and what agreements I have made, yes. I think is the biggest thing yeah. because I perceive that the person's rejection of me or I perceive like I'm already five steps ahead of a person. Like if I think like one of my core wounds is like abandonment, mm-hmm. you know, like Chris and I would, we laugh now, but really when we first married, like he could tell me if he loved me, that would be great. If he told me he wouldn't leave me, that meant more to me. Yeah. Like I was like, that's great. You can love me. Don't leave me. You know, and so, mm-hmm. and I mean, I still cry this day. I remember during marriage prep with Father Mike, and I kept on asking him, but what if he leaves? He's like, mm-hmm. I know this man. He's good. And he goes, what if he does, Michelle? God is still there. Even if yeah. God is still good and he's mm-hmm. still there with you. Mm-hmm. He's Emmanuel and he will be with you. But realizing, okay, there's this abandonment thing, but I'm already like – I'm already playing out this scenario. Oh, yeah. If something happens, yep. then I am already five steps ahead. This is what it's going to look like already. Yeah. It's like catastrophic thinking. Yes. Yep. 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 Like I like I am anticipating yeah. the dread, you know, or the other shoe dropping because yeah. that's how my childhood was. Yeah. Like I – where's the other shoe to drop? Because more than often it did drop, yeah. you know. And so I was always anticipating and now realizing, taking a step back and saying, oh, History is being redeemed and restored. It is not going to repeat. Amen, girl. It is going to be redeemed and restored. Amen. And there was something powerful I, I likened it to one of the first episodes for this season is there was something when I went to John Paul II's shrine, mm. like that I was just so powerful. But there was something like I was looking at all of his different encyclicals that he's written. They had a list of it. And it was first one was being the Redeemer, Mission mm. of the Redeemer, mm. Redeemer. Mother, Rede- yeah. Yes, it's yeah. all mm-hmm. Redeemer. And mm-hmm. I was like— that is who you are, yeah. and you know, is you are redeemer, mm-hmm. like, and that is the story of the gospel that mm-hmm. he redeems. Mm-hmm. And like I said before, it is not my story of struggle and failing, or woundedness. It's his story of redemption yeah. and restoration, yep. and I will make all things new. Yes, and that is what he is doing, and realizing it is always intimacy. Mm-hmm. It always comes back to intimacy. But I think it is like as the toddler begins to walk, and you know, and you say to like when you're 
helping it like my next door neighbor has twins and they just started so walking oh, there's so much kids. So wow. you know but when you're holding your hands out and you're like come on come yeah. to me oh you can do it <gasps> yes. take another step and then you scoot back you know and they're like take another step and then you yeah. scoot back and I was thinking about it when I was doing that with one of them like Lord's I was like that's how I am with you <laughs> yeah come on come a little farther and you're trusting me yeah. take all right you can step forward mm-hmm. all right you're wobbling but you're not gonna fall mm-hmm. take another step forward and that's how he sees us and that's how he he wants us to like we grow in our trust muscles yeah we grow in our trust muscles that he will not leave we grow in our trust muscles the people around us that we can voice our needs and our needs will be met yes we grow in our trust muscles that he is rewriting the story and that we are actually going to break the family cycles that have gone before us amen you know and that we can actually say it ends with me yeah it Mm -hmm. ends with this generation Mm -hmm. i will be the generation of blessing and Mm -hmm. not the generation of curse it ends here Mm -hmm. and not because of my power but because of his amen and really believe it you know and really believe it not just lip service Mm -hmm. it's big stuff it is like hanging in the balance i think you know like on one hand does god need us no he -hmm. doesn't yet he chooses Mm -hmm. to cooperate with us and to collaborate with us and partner with us yeah yeah, like look at our lady you know like Mm -hmm. what if she said no yes (laughs) what if the angel appeared and she was like i'm good uh no it's not for me like i mean i just can't do that like our yeses mean a lot. And mm-hmm. I think even our yeses to ourself and to like coming mm-hmm. into the fullness of who we are, mm-hmm. it matters. It matters to our circle of influence, whoever that might be, you know, your children or your coworkers or your community or your your school environment. Like it matters, mm-hmm. the yeses that we make. And so, I, yeah, I just want to affirm that, mm-hmm. what you just said. And your healing matters. Like it your matter, healing yep. matters. Everything, yep. And I think I I don't know if I've told this story on the podcast or not, but I love it. Beth Moore, the amazing Protestant preacher, she tells a story about her dog that had lost a leg Mm. and that they called it tripod and it was walking on three legs. And the dog (laughs) had (laughs) very fitting. You know, very apropos. And her that dog had puppies. (laughs) And so when the puppy was starting to walk, it would walk with three legs. No way. Because it was following its mother. And the Lord said to Beth, like when she was praying about it, said, if you don't get full healing, that's how your daughters are going to walk. Ooh. Because they're watching Man. you. And that, that story she told was so. Oh, like, it's so convicting. Oh, it gripped yeah. me. Yeah. You know, yeah. because I think even for those of us, there's mothers, but anyone else, like, I mean, there's one thing to heal for me, but I will go for healing for my kid. You know, yes. like if oh, I know it yeah. affects them, like yeah. I will. Do it because yes. that mama bear comes out and you're like, I will yeah. go for this because of mm-hmm. that. I will mm-hmm. not have them walk with a limp, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. because I can't, yeah. you know, because I won't allow. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's not me fixing. It's allowing the Lord's freedom in my life. Yeah. You know? Wow. Yeah. It's interesting how we have to, like we touched on this in the last episode, we have to get littler before we yes, can get bigger. Friend. Like and in poor. some ways it's like, yeah, yeah lots of poverty, lots yeah. of spiritual poverty. But the getting little and going back to those little places can be some of the scariest yes. things. I yeah. know for myself, like for the longest time, it's still hard. I'm working on it. But when I see old pictures of myself, like at 13, I'm like, oh, put that away. I, that so I just hard. don't even want to look at her. Yes. You know? And I think there's so many parts of my young self that I've rejected because she was so broken because yeah. of so many things that have happened. Mm-hmm. But it's like embarrassing almost. There's like a shame yes, around yes. it of like, uh-huh. yes, yeah. And if I were to look at, look at anybody else and think like, and put oh, myself, yes. my, my story on someone else and yeah. gone that, I would say that poor little girl, mm-hmm. like and what she's had to go through. No wonder. 
Mm-hmm. No wonder this yeah. is there and this, and no wonder she's shy and awkward and has yes. bad hair. You know, like yes. <laughs> whatever it might be. Like, yeah. I mean, those are places that I'm like, I have to learn to welcome myself, oh, yes. like those little parts of myself. Yeah. And I think as I've had children and seen them at ages that I've been that I was wounded, mm-hmm. and I can I've paused at times and gone, "That's how old I was." Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. so little. Like just yeah. so little. Like she didn't know or whatever it might yeah, be. Yeah, you have so and much I, compassion. Yeah, yes. totally. Um, I remember I was in this therapy thing, which I'm like, you guys know, I'm like a skeptic around most things first. Sure, like I just yeah. want to know it's the Lord. I want to yeah. know it's legit, right? Yeah. Then I'm in if it's sure. legit. Yeah. How about usually so. it's a six-month testing <laughs> thing? Like she's like, I have to test people for six months. Yeah. We were on probation <laughs> for quite uh, Yeah, with people as a three-month rule. I, <laughs> I taught my kids this too. Um, anyway, so I remember sitting in this therapy session with this like old grandma type therapist. Yeah. Her name was Serafina. Mm-hmm. And she's like having me do this thing where there's a chair and she's like, picture your young self in the chair. And inside I'm like, this is so cheesy. Yeah. I'm like, okay, fine. I picture myself. So I'm just like, I'm really just trying to get through the session with her. Mm-hmm. And it was a one-on-one thing. And she's like, I want to picture yourself there. And she's going through this part of my story. And then she says, now I want you to talk to yourself and say this. And she starts leading me through a thing. And at one point she said, and tell her it's not her fault. And oh. I was like, Okay, so we're in like a goodwill hunting moment. Like yes, in my mind, I yeah. was just so disconnected from what she was doing. And I was like, You mean out loud? I said to her. She's yeah. like, Yeah. And I'm like, oh, Dying a thousand deaths. And I go, Fine. And I go to say it. And I was like, It's not your. And then the catch in my throat. And I was like, Wait, what? Mm. Like, I, I, this is the discovery of my own self. Yeah. And I was like, I just wept and wept oh. and wept and I, I didn't know that that was in there at yes. all I was like I didn't mm-hmm. know that I thought it was her fault like I didn't know that I was carrying all of this around I didn't know any of those of things course. about myself mm-hmm. but I think I know myself very well you know sure. we, don't oh, we think we know oh, ourselves yes, we so do. well we're like yeah. nobody knows me like me yeah like yeah God knows mm-hmm. parts of us that we've hidden away that we've rejected that we've separated ourselves from that we've abandoned and said I am not coming oh, for you yes, like you are on your own mm-hmm. girl in there and so anyway I love this next quote from him right now and as he says um, a part of you was left behind very early in your life the part that never felt completely received it's full of fears meanwhile you grew up with many survival skills but you want yourself to be one So you have to bring home the part of you that was left behind. That is not easy because you have become quite a formidable person. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And your fearful part does not know if it can safely dwell with Mm. you. Your grown-up self has to become very childlike, hospitable, gentle, and caring so your anxious self can return and feel Mm. safe. Mm -hmm. Amen. Mm. He's good. (laughs) He's dead, Heather. But thank you. Yeah. <laughs> well, that is the that is the key to everything is is hospitable, gentle, and caring. Yes. And I think even in we've all had experiences where we've been facing <clears throat> some pretty deep things about ourselves that are very uh, painful or that we are very embarrassed about, and the presence of somebody else who is hospitable, gentle, and caring. And who is, hold, you know, coming along and sitting next to us, so to speak, and, and obviously the Lord of other people. Like, it does give safety of, of you can say whatever you want. I'm not going to abandon you. Mm-hmm. Like, I, there's nothing too ugly for me. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not, I'm not going anywhere. And mm-hmm. that covenant, like we've said before, like that covenant is what gives us freedom to have everything on the table. It's the mm-hmm. covenant of unconditional love, which is our baptism. But that, that's the covenant that that, and that 
that interior disposition to ourselves, which we all have these exiles that we just like, and that might be a great exercise for all of us this week to find a picture of yourself in middle school mm-hmm. and just spend time with her this week or him, mm-hmm. you know, and we're like, oh, not that anything with that. But that tells us a lot about our own. Mm-hmm. We would never say to somebody who's 13, the things we freely say to ourselves. Oh, absolutely. We would never do that. It Mm-mm. would crush them. But yeah, somehow we just unload on ourselves. Mm-hmm. You're, so, you're so stupid. What's wrong mm-hmm. with you? Didn't you know they were picking on you? Like, why didn't you? What's, you know, oh my gosh. It's just so, oh, like just shattering to ourselves, mm-hmm. you know? And then of course we want to shatter other people. Like our exterior well, your words neighbor are as just, yourself, right? yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, well, yes. if I don't love myself, if that's how I speak to myself. Like, exactly. Yeah. And if we're mm-hmm. critical and judgmental of other people and we think it's all about them. It's all it is is a reflection oh, of our own absolutely. interior state of like yes. where we're terrified. We won't feel safe. So mm-hmm. we're trying to like put up these, it's just, uh, we're so wonderfully complicated <laughs> and not at the same time, you know, it's mm-hmm. just like, oh my gosh. Yeah. But like you and I talk about, we've said before, like the more, the older I get, the more I don't know. Yeah. Holy you know, cow. The more I don't know, I don't understand. And not in a um, naive way, just like we are a mystery. Yes. We are a mystery and people mm-hmm. are a mystery, but like, that it is a beautiful journey, this mystery, like to dive deeper and not, yeah. to, not to pull out of the mystery, but to actually lean into the mystery of ourselves and other people and give a lot of grace and compassion. Mm-hmm. And I think when you love your neighbor as yourself, are you compassionate with yourself as your yeah. neighbor too? It yeah. is a both hands. Like, mm-hmm. do you show yourself compassion? Do you show yourself? And also to risk, to love and to be vulnerable is to risk yeah. and invite people into these little parts of the, is first of all, it's vulnerable for ourselves to go to these little parts of ourselves, mm-hmm. like our middle school pictures. Like, who allowed mm-hmm. my me to get that butt cut? Like, mm-hmm. come on, people. Mm-hmm. And but other parts of ourselves to allow other people to walk into our heart is a vulnerability. Mm-hmm. You know, it is a deep vulnerability. I know for me, just even like watching the whole restoration process of my heart and just really bringing my husband fullness into it. Like, mm-hmm. we are just done a deep dive together, and so just really, it's more my healing but you know he's been so good i mean yeah and chris is like no we're one like in the sacramento marriage we're one so it's our healing you know and just really it makes me cry just really going deep in there but realizing like oh my gosh there's this intimacy and it it keeps on going deeper and deeper and there's this fear like oh my gosh but if i have a couple of like secret rooms in my heart that I can escape to something. I still have that contingency plan. You know, I still have the escape route in my heart that I can hide. Mm -hmm. I still have like the little doors that I can hide, the Mm -hmm. hidden places. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, just in case something happens and I still realize, oh my goodness, and like realizing like we are at the point where he has like completely in full access. And one of the visuals I always pray with is like myself in Mary's womb. You know, this is safe, secure place, like whatever. And we, my husband and I were reading this um, meditation from John Paul II on givenness. And there's a part about the womb there. And we, I remember we were sitting on the dock by the water at the bay reading this. Sitting on the dock of the bay? Sitting on the dock of the bay. Were you guys watching wasting the tide roll over? Uh-huh. Wasting sorry, time. Sorry, we, we digress. Yeah. Thank you, Otis Redding. We just couldn't resist it. I'm sorry. I don't know. Right. Totally. Sorry. <laughs> I do that. I think that's awesome. Um, but we were sitting there, and it was like this epiphany moment. Oh, we're one. Chris, you're supposed to be in the womb with me. And he's going to be like, duh, baby. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But for me, it was like this epiphany, like, you're there with me in the womb. Yeah. And I remember I had a phone call afterwards. And I was telling Dr. Bob. Mm. And I was like, I just had the biggest epiphany. Like, Chris was supposed to be in the womb. You know, Bob and his fatherly. Mm-hmm. 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 And he's like, because you finally feel completely safe, Michelle, to allow him in there. Mm. Where intimacy can mm-hmm. be, mm-hmm. you know, expressed. And I was like, Wow. You know, Mm -hmm. but what amazed me is that it was gentle. Mm -hmm. It was a tender. 
It was a, like a gentle unfolding. Yes. Yeah. It was a gentle unfolding in my heart. Yeah. It wasn't this pushing through. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, it was an unfolding. It was like mm-hmm. the knots were unfolded, mm-hmm. you know, and that's the kind of God we have. He's inviting us to unfold and learn ourselves again and invite us into the deeper recesses and saying, okay, where are we still hiding? Yeah. Girl, you mm-hmm. still got some fig leaves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think too, like to acknowledge where we expect other people to be gentle and kind and safe for us. Yes. You know, that we also need to cultivate the gifts and the skills to be that for other people. Oh, I agree. Like, when you open your heart to someone and they feel safe and mm-hmm. they trust you with the deep places of their heart, you cannot walk away. No. Like you cannot oh, just agree. abandon them. Like yeah. you need oh, to be a safe loyal friend mm-hmm. like this is what it means or else don't go there like oh, if, absolutely if, when you create safety yep. yeah when mm-hmm. you create safety for someone that's sacred ground mm-hmm. you know which yeah. is something i so appreciate about our friendship mm-hmm. is that yeah. we've all been able to hold this space for each other even mm-hmm. over miles and distance and all the weird things of life but that there's sacred space that's held for each other you mm-hmm. know? amen yeah. amen it's a wonderful gift yeah yeah. I wonder if we could talk um, a bit about kind of some of the what happens when tasks fail. Like in our last podcast episode, yeah, we talked about absolutely. what are the primary tasks yeah. of the child and then the caretakers. And so we were speaking of how as as daughters, you know, our primary task is learning how to receive. And this is from the life model um, from James Friesen and some other um, Catholic or Christian um, psychologist. So they said the primary resulting problem when the tasks are not completed by ourselves and by the people in charge of being responsible for us is we have weak or stormy relationships. Okay, so these are some things they list when tasks fail. And these are the things that we're talking about in the areas of woundedness. So number one, when tasks fail, when I don't live in joy, I don't know, learn how to live in joy as in like receiving and then having people care for me as a child. Uh, Number one is weak identity. Fear and coldness dominate bonds with others. Okay. Mm. Number two, has difficulty bonding, which often leads to manipulative, self-centered, isolated, or discontented personality. Number three is withdrawn, disengaged, self-stimulating, and unresponsive. Um, Number four, has an inability to regulate emotions. And number five, has uncontrollable emotional outbursts, excessive worry and depression, or avoids, escapes, or gets stuck in certain emotions. So I think that's like a, the broad stroke that mm. describes. I, I know I'm, I'm reading like, oh, like I relate to that, <laughs> like all the places, but like highlight the entire section. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and so those those places where we experience um, emotional outbursts, or we're cold, or withdrawn, or calculating, or we're manipulative, or we don't, you know, or we don't feel safe. So these are all hallmarks of places that my, that my heart does not feel safe, mm-hmm. like the antithesis of what we were just mm-hmm. talking mm-hmm. about. So we're going to remove like the pathology of it, of like, oh, you're a horrible human being, mm-hmm. to understand like, oh. I'm doing this because I don't feel safe. Mm-hmm. Like, and there's some breach, there's some gap, mm-hmm. there's some place in my story that has yet to receive Christ communion and the love of others. And so here, here's here are the fallout from that. And I think helping us understand that we can like, oh, okay, I can I can acknowledge some pretty difficult behavior, different emotional experiences. Okay, Jesus, like what's happening? You mm-hmm. know. So what are some things that you guys notice is that list? I know it's a lot, but. Yeah, there's a lot of things. And yeah, I think one of the primary like responses that we have sometimes is, well, that's just who I am. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like when yeah. someone challenges us, we're like, mm-hmm. well, that's just who I am. That's my personality or whatever. Yeah. Like deal with it, get over it. Mm-hmm. And and that's a lie. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's not who we are. Mm-hmm. Like we are made to to love like the lover that we were made in the image of. Mm-hmm. Like, and God freely gives himself, mm-hmm. like without reservation, completely, totally, faithfully, yeah. fruitfully. Like, And so we too are called to have that same kind of love, like mm-hmm. dwelling within our hearts, but pouring forth from our hearts too. Yeah. And so I think if we've surrendered to some of those things, like it's time that we take ground back 
back yep. and just mm-hmm. say, I, I don't want to be this anymore. Like, yes. I don't want to act like this anymore because this is not who I am. Yeah. To sort of like take this away from like a false identity that yes. we may have found of like, well, I'm the tough one yes. or I'm the like truth speaker, you yeah. know, so I'm going to speak it. I might shatter you, but hey, it's the truth, you know, like just oh, all yes. of those things that we sort of take on as our identity. Yeah. Yeah. And really there's a lot of reasons underneath why that is. Mm-hmm. Our goal is to love like this is and to be in communion with love himself, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, sometimes. Sometimes we just get it wrong. We lose sight. There's always space to begin again. There's always space to go, hey, like, dang. (laughs) As we're talking, you might be like, dang, this is hard. Maybe you turned it off already. I don't know. Um, (laughs) Yeah. That's okay. Like, I I think to just have, like, the patience with yourself to say, whoa, there's a lot of things still that I need to work on. Mm -hmm. And I can. Mm -hmm. Like, I can. And And where can I access resources? To help me, people sure. to journey with, counselors to walk with, spiritual directors, mm-hmm. like whatever it might be, books to read yeah. that might help me understand who I am mm-hmm. and then know what to ask Jesus for mm-hmm. in the area of healing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I love this, the one on, um, I love the life model, but love the, you know, the personal task is learn how to receive. Mm-hmm. And the communal task is gives care that matches the infant's needs without the infant asking. And so when the task fails, it is withdrawn, disengaged, self-stimulating and unresponsive. Mm-hmm. And I like, for me, that's the one that just stands out to me, mm-hmm. you know, so much because like, if you can't receive, then you can't fully receive the gift that you are. And then you can't freely and fully give the gift of yourself to others, mm-hmm. you know? So like in John Paul, like second language, like we are not self-possessed mm-hmm. completely. We are not self-mastered ple- completely. So mm-hmm. we can't be self-gift completely, yeah. you know? So mm-hmm. it's almost like giving someone a gift, but it's like half of a gift, you know, mm-hmm. like where you have like, say a pair of socks, but mm-hmm. you're just one sock. Yeah. And then expecting uh, it to be awesome. Is expecting yes. it to be awesome. And like, Why oh, don't you love the pair? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But you're not giving freely, yeah. you know? So and it's good. like learning how to receive the gift that you are yeah. so that you can learn how to receive, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. or like, yeah, because if not, like you'll withdraw, you yeah. know? And isn't that garden language? Like we just go back to hiding yep. again, yep. you know? Because and, which makes sense. It does. Because if it's not safe and it feels like I'm all alone and mm-hmm. I have to figure it out on my own, well, of course I'm going to be like, I'm, I'm you know, circle the wagons in my own heart. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Know? Like, yeah. Close up shop, baby. Yeah. You're not coming in. And yeah. so, yeah. So it's just realizing that, that it's just that gentle process. But I think there is something about coming home to yourself. Mm-hmm. What does it mean to really come home to yourself, yeah. like Henry Nouwen says? Mm-hmm. Like what it means to welcome the little parts of yourself. Mm-hmm. What does it mean to welcome the parts where you realize that you're not and that you're not even safe with yourself? Oh yes, sometimes. Yeah, like I mean, like and forgiving yourself for that. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes you're like, I'm not even trustworthy with my own self. Like what yeah. does that mean? Like I don't even know what's best for me. Sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, I don't even know. And forgiving yourself for that. Yeah, you know, because there was something that you. Deep in me, I'm like, oh, I need wasn't met, so I don't even know how to do this. Yeah. And being compassionate with myself about that, mm-hmm. you know, and not shaming yourself, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, and I think these are also the places that St. Paul talks about is this, this is a love that surpasses knowledge. Yep. Like the, this is where the love, you know, to have self-knowledge is important. But what he's talking about is the unconditional of this surpasses just even my intellectual knowledge of God or my understanding of myself. But the love that surpasses all of that and encompasses that and it becomes the, the knowledge of intimacy mm-hmm. like we're talking about. And and that's the that's the truth is that we are not the labels we place on ourselves that other people place on us. We were talking this summer, we were at, a, at an event and we were talking about a quote that we have or that we had heard from somebody that a, a great uh, 
pastor of a parent or a church, and he said, you know, I can't afford to have thoughts in my own heart that God does not have about me. Mm-hmm. I can't afford to think thoughts about myself that God does not think about me. And and was, we have so many thoughts in our own heart that God does not. We, the way we see ourselves, even our wounds, of how often we want to hide them or we want to to pretend they're not there. We just put a bandaid on them, and and that's not how Jesus. So it's like really learning learning as a disciple, as a student, as a lover of Christ, of how, how does Christ live? Mm-hmm. And that's what he's, the, this is just the, this is just the gospel. Mm-hmm. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> really. Yeah. yeah. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And I just feel like there needs to be a word around um, just acknowledging how many times God says to not be afraid. Yeah. Like over and over again, he says throughout all of scripture, like, don't be afraid. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid. And mm-hmm. so I just feel like for some of us, we need to hear that. We need to hear Amen, that voice friend, of God yeah. saying to our hearts on all of these levels, don't be afraid yeah. to go there. Yep. You know, I know I've needed to hear that. Yeah. I've needed to hear that from him. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, he is with us. Yeah. yeah. And he will bring us through. Yeah. Well, friends. Well, friends. Should we talk about our one thing for the week as we let these things mm-hmm. settle in people's hearts? Michelle, mm-hmm. what's your one thing? My one thing is the book about sacred rest by um, Dr. Dalton Smith, I think. I'm butchering the name, but it's sacred rest. I'll put the Mm -hmm. book show, I mean, the book link in the show notes. But this woman, she's a doctor. She's actually a Christian doctor, talks about the different types of rest, that there is mental rest and physical Mm -hmm. rest and um, creative rest and all the different kinds of rest. But So it's been so helpful for me because, like, you know, when people say, oh, you need to rest more, like— it doesn't mean stop doing stuff like completely. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that is actually not restful for me. Like mm-hmm. I want to have a purpose. But she really identifies the seven different times to rest and really assesses what you need and what mm-hmm. brings you life and learning how to do that. And realizing that like, okay, the more secure you are in God's abiding presence, mm-hmm. the better you are able to rest. Mm-hmm. So that is my mm-hmm. one thing. Yeah. Sister, what's yours? Oh, my one thing is my mom, even though she's from South Texas, she makes a good seafood gumbo. So I just love a good seafood. My mom puts okra in it. She puts scallops. She puts shrimp. And so she makes it every time I come home. And I was just at home, so I had it. So And we invited our our, our parish priest over, and it was nice and spicy, and it was just great. So I'm just going to put my mom's seafood gumbo recipe on there. That's a good recipe, girl. Yeah, it is. Mm -hmm. Uh Come on. Yeah. Maleti, Maleti, yeah, Mrs. H. Yeah. <laughs> Butchered her own Mrs. chicken, Maleti. but that's a different story, people. I won't traumatize you. Speaking of wounds, I won't do that. But so I watched yeah. this little video, like it was like a conversation between three people that we that we love. We mm-hmm. don't know them personally, but okay. Louis Giglio, oh, okay. Jenny Allen, yes. and Craig Rochelle yeah. all had a conversation. They've all written similar books. Mm-hmm. Louis Giglio, I think the video is called uh, "Don't Give the Enemy a Seat at Your Table" or oh, something hey. like that. And oh, Craig cool. Rochelle wrote one called "The War in Your Mind," mm-hmm. and Jenny it's... Allen wrote one too. I don't know what it's called, but anyway, the three of them were just talking about that concept of like the war in our mind, how the enemy like mm-hmm. comes in and sits down at the table and so makes himself true. comfortable and starts spitting lies to us. Yeah, it was just a fascinating conversation because I respect deeply the three of them. Yeah. And um, we'll put the link in our show notes and you can check out the video there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's good. Sounds you like guys should stuff. watch it. Yeah. I will, I will actually. Yeah. It's very fitting to what we were talking about yeah. today. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us um, this week, friends. And, and maybe, yeah, maybe it's time to get out the photo album and find a picture uh, of yourself at a tender age and just spend time with her or him uh, for our male listeners this week and just see what Jesus says about that little person because he loves them and he loves you. So until next week, we'll be abiding together. God bless you. Have a great week.
Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you liked it, would you please share it with a friend? We encourage you to head over to our website, abidingtogetherpodcast.com, where you can find all the show notes, links to our one things, transcripts, group discussion questions for each episode, and beautiful mugs, t-shirts, journals, and prints on our shop. There you can also subscribe to receive our weekly email with links to each new episode and all of the content. We'd love to connect on social media and invite you to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter so you can catch inspiring reflections every day. You're also welcome to join our private Facebook group and dive deeper into discussions with our fellow listeners. If the podcast has blessed you, would you prayerfully consider financially supporting us? The Abiding Together podcast is only available due to the generous support of our listeners. There are significant costs associated with creating this content, such as tech support, design, website, equipment, and hired staff that we need to be able to continue offering great content to you. Abiding Together is a nonprofit 501c3, and all donations are tax deductible. You can make donations of any amount through a website called Patreon, or you can send us a check directly if that's easier for you. If you donate $15 or more per month on our Patreon page, you become a tribe member and you will receive bonus content every month, such as short videos, recipes, playlists, downloadable prints, and more. You can find all the information about Patreon at patreon.com forward slash abiding together podcast. Thank you and God bless you.